Howdy ho, you boys and girls out there in podcast land. Before we get started, make a note that after the credits, there's a special offer from Muse Storytelling that you won't want to miss. Developed and used by the Still Motion team, Muse is a clear, repeatable process that helped them go from shooting weddings to shooting the Super Bowl and winning five Emmys. You can learn more about it at learnstory.org. Also, if you haven't already done so, get yourself a free song from Song Freedom by going to songfreedom.com slash radio to unlock a standard GOAT-level license worth $30. I mean, come on, not every day someone hands you three Alexander Hamiltons into your hand. You know, he's the guy on the face with the $10 bill, so you know, 10 times 3 equals 30, and anyway, never mind, I know, my jokes need work. Let's get started. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. I brought you a special present. What is it? Open it up. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. I have no doubt you recognize the opening scene from one of the most universally loved movies, perhaps of all time, Rob Reiner's 1989 classic, The Princess Bride. A love story filled with action and adventure, danger and despair, pirates and princesses, and of course, true love. That day she was amazed to discover that when he was saying as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And even more amazing was the day she realized she truly loved him back. Just like the young Fred Savage character in A Princess Bride, we all love and are captivated by a good story. No matter if it's a fairy tale recited by your dear old grandpa, a 70mm cinematic opus on the silver screen, or a moving fundraising video for a worthy cause. A good story has the power to transport you and hold you captive. A good story can make a 3 plus hour movie feel like no time at all has passed, and leave you wanting more. Whereas a bad story can make a three-minute video feel excruciatingly long. I always end my show with the slogan, If the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. But what makes a story not suck? And where do you find good stories to tell? And why is this topic so important, whether you're a filmmaker, an author, or a small business person? Today we're going to explore these questions and hopefully discover some answers. I'm Ron Dawson, and this is Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. Hold it, hold it. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? And where's the sports? Is this a kissing book? What is it about a good story that draws us in? And why is it that it connects with us as humans as much as it does? The concept of Dramatica is that over time, storytellers have figured out how to communicate very subtle but important concepts from an author to their audience. That's Chris Huntley, co-owner of the Wright Brothers, makers of Movie Magic Screenwriter and the Narrative Story Development Program in Theory Dramatica. I used to work at the company back in the 90s when it was Screenplay Systems. I was VP of Operations before they sold their popular movie magic software line, then Downsize. They kept the writing tools, one of which was Dramatica, which is a, a theory on what makes a strong narrative story. Chris is one of the co-developers of that theory. Here he is again. And these have essentially developed to be the fundamentals of story forms or storytelling. 
that, that stories are little models of how we pro problem solve. And that's one reason why every person, every audience member is an expert at story. They can tell when it works, they can tell when it doesn't work because in every audience's head is a little model of how stories should work, how to solve problems. If I recall from my time when I worked with you guys there, um, there is a, a psychological aspect to it. Am I am I correct? Absolutely. Now, I mean, effectively, stories are little models of human psychology, and when you look at how characters and plot and theme and genre all work together, they're really basically how we go about solving problems. Characters represent the drive, the motivation to resolve a problem. Plot is the methodology. How do you solve a problem? Theme are the standards by which we evaluate progress. So are we doing well? Are we doing poorly? Is this appropriate, inappropriate? And then genre is the overall purpose to which we're trying to solve the problem. Are we trying to lift the spirits? Are we trying to educate? Are we trying to uh, look at something more seriously? Are we just trying to be informational? So it really is th those aspects of story are really just parts of how we uh, think of how our, our own individual psychologies are as individuals. And that's why we are attracted to certain stories and don't really care for others apart from the storytelling. The storytelling is clearly, you know, subject matter and, and expression are really important to audiences, but underlying that are the more important core elements of meaning, and that's what stories give us. They give us a way to understand our world in a way we can't really see it firsthand um, in our own lives. I really like Chris's point about the empirical nature of a good story. We all, for the most part, know it when we see it or hear it. Technology is a glittering lure, but uh, there's the rare occasion when the public can be engaged on a level beyond flash if they have a sentimental bond with the product. This is the iconic Kodak carousel scene from the season one finale of Mad Men, arguably the best pitch ever delivered on the show, and easily one of the most memorable scenes from its seven-season run. And what is at the core of it? Of course, a story. But he also talked about a deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. And it's a story playing on so many different levels. The slides of Don Draper's family life that he shows have meaning to both him and the audience because they provide a poignant contrast to the mayhem his philandering has caused in his life. You look behind his eyes and you can see he's affected. But we can also see that the story he's telling is having an effect on the men in the room. Harry runs out at the end because it's reminding him of the troubles in his own life. And the men from Kodak are in silent awe. They know they've seen something special, an unexpected surprise when the direction they were so certain was the direction to take has been subverted in a way they did not expect. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. It let's us travel the way a child travels. 
around and around, and back home again. To a place where we know we are loved. And it all hinges on one moving, eloquent, and potently delivered story. When you think about story being a, a core component of the human psyche, it explains why story has been a fabric of human communication and training ever since man walked the earth. Whether it's a business presentation, a situation explained to a friend, a church sermon, or the beginning of a podcast, a good story is always the most powerful way to connect with another human being. Good luck at your next meeting. As filmmakers, we're storytellers. Whether we're telling fictional narratives or documenting some aspect of reality, some of us, like me, earn a living telling the stories that people bring to us. A client has a widget they want to sell. Chris and Karen want to get married and tell the story of how they fell in love. Some worthy cause needs to raise awareness. But when we want to tell stories that don't show up on our doorstep, stories that we seek out and find or create ourselves, where do we find them? I was just saying that I've yet to meet a writer who could change water into wine and we have a tendency to treat them like that. Not at this studio. That's a scene from Robert Altman's 1992 film, The Player. It was an all-star cast led by Tim Robbins as a sniveling and conniving studio executive who, in addition to dealing with murder and mystery, he's also fearing for his job. And in that scene, Larry Levy, played impeccably by Peter Gallagher, is the hot young story executive possibly vying for Tim's job and bringing some fresh ideas on where to find stories. But all I'm saying is I think there's a, a lot of time and money to be saved if we came up with these stories on our own. Where are these stories coming from, Larry? Anywhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter, anywhere. Um, the newspaper. Pick a story, any story. <clears throat> all right. Immigrants, protest, budget cuts, and literacy program. Human spirit overcoming economic adversity sounds like Horatio Alger in the barrio. Put Jimmy Smits in it and you got a sexy stand to deliver. Inherently, we know that stories are everywhere, but I wanted to get some practical and an actionable advice on finding and telling stories. So I asked this question of friend of the show and frequent guest, Patrick Moreau of the Emmy award-winning studio Still Motion. They've recently launched a new web series called The Remarkable Ones, where they tell the stories of remarkable individuals. People like Dave Jacka, a quadriplegic in Australia that flies airplanes, or Lek, the elephant whisperer in East Asia or Chris Darwin, the great-great-grandson of Charles Darwin. I wanted to find out how they find and produce these stories and where it all started in the first place. The simple personal kind of early impetus for, for the series was that um, at some point a couple years ago, I'd realized that, you know, I'd been to 30, 40 countries and I felt like I knew very little of them. I knew very few people from them. Um, I knew filmmakers. But I didn't really get a sense of like the culture and the place. And it was weird because you'd like meet people at the holidays, you'd, you'd meet family and that kind of thing. And you talk about the places you'd been and there'd be this sense of awe. And but like you, I kind of felt like I was misleading in a sense because like I didn't really go there. You know, I went to Singapore and Hong Kong and all these places in a couple of weeks. But I couldn't tell you anything about them because it was for a conference room or in a shoot. And you just kind of are in and out. Right. And so the idea was like, how do we take a couple days and really experience the place and the people and do something that's like memorable for all involved. Um, and then kind of out of that and, and brainstorming many different 
you know, ideas around that came the idea of like, find one remarkable person, tell a really intimate story about them, and then give them the chance to, you know, share what it is that they've learned with the world. And so it's got a very clear uh, focus, it's got very clear value, but it's also a story. So it's not, you know, purpose first or whatever else, but it's a very intimate kind of journey. And uh, so th that was the that was really the early idea. Whenever we're traveling for Canon, or if we're doing our own workshops or a commercial client, can we build in 48 hours and we'll pre-produce before we get there a strong character and just like do it. In a separate phone call with Patrick, he shared some thoughts on where they find these stories. One thing is, I think you have to always be present. They they happen everywhere in in our series and just in you know everything we've done you know some of them have come through facebook some are through google searches and some are from sharing the idea with a friend you know and then going oh my god you have to meet this guy chris darwin which is exactly what happened we had a 17 year old farmer in new zealand lined up and then we heard the story of chris darwin got him on the phone and we're like oh wow we have to you know we'll go to new zealand next time right. let's pick up this one um so so realize that there's not kind of one way and you often find you know these people through a whole bunch of different connections but i think that one of the, the strongest things that uh, that makes a great character um in storytelling is what we call their complexity um their their why you know as storytellers we have to explain their why why are they the perfect person to go on this journey um and i think that it's looking for um, that complexity in people in your area that helps you find really strong characters and therefore stories. And, and realize that most businesses, nonprofits, and everything, uh, good ones, exist to solve a problem. And so it's often an understanding that connection between their why and then the journey to solve the problem mm -hmm. that is amazing story. So finding people who are doing really cool things, a nonprofit, a Kickstarter project, um, just a local business that does something different uh, is a is a great kind of uh, seed to start with, but then diving into that and actually finding out who started it and more importantly why they did it. Is find things that are really neat in your area and then find out who made them and why they did it and see if that in and of itself is the seedling of a strong story because it's got conflict, it's got journey, and it has a great uh, resolution in in what it is they're bringing to life, whether it's a nonprofit, product, service, idea, whatever it is. This idea of being present is so instrumental in great storytelling, I think. But in today's social media crazed world, it's really hard to be present. My world has become so digital, I have forgotten what that feels like. It was difficult to connect when friends formed clicks. Now it's even more difficult to connect now that clicks form friends. That's a clip from the spoken word artist Marshall Davis Jones' TEDx talk, Touchscreen. Marshall was on some of the earlier episodes of our show. Patrick was actually the one who referred me to Marshall in this specific TEDx talk in particular. It's a brilliant performance. But who am I to judge? I face Facebook more than books face me, hoping to book face-to-faces. I update my status, 420 spaces to prove I'm still breathing. Failure to do this daily means my whole web-wide world will forget that I exist. But with 3,000 friends online and only five I can count in real life, why wouldn't I spend more time in a world where there are more people that like me, wouldn't you?
We're all so disconnected from one another. It's hard to be present, even when someone is right there in front of you. Just look around you the next time you're at a restaurant or a park or taking public transportation. Everyone is buried in their smartphones and tablets. I've been at restaurants where I've seen a man and a woman seated at an intimate table, the full moon beaming, Seattle Space Needle romantically lit in the background, and each of them is buried in their smartphone. I've seen groups of teen girls at parties huddled together, all texting, tweeting, and snapchatting away with God knows who. I've often wondered if they aren't actually talking and texting each other right there in that huddle because they've forgotten how to actually communicate with their mouths. And I'm not judging. I'm guilty of this too. My wife has commented once or twice how every time she sees me around the house, I've got my earbuds in listening to a podcast. I can't help but think of the Disney Pixar film WALL-E and how everyone on the spaceship was buried in their computer screens and it took a crash collision between two of them to notice one another and fall in love. Or Spike Jones' film Her from a couple of years ago. Again, everyone connected to earbuds missing the world in front of them. Or this line from Paul Haggis' Crash. It's the sense of touch. I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just so we can feel something. These cinematic examples are haunting illusions to where our society is going. Or perhaps we're already there. All of us could stand to be more present. Who knows how many amazing stories are floating by right beneath our noses. But it's one thing to find a story. It's another to tell a story with conviction and authenticity. When we return from the break, we'll hear the lengths to which one filmmaker goes to tell the most authentic stories possible. Stay tuned. Please listen carefully. So, this is the part of the show where I share a song picking and or music editing tip brought to you by show supporter Song Freedom. Today is a quick editing tip I've been using to edit music for over 13 years. I actually learned this little trick from editing pro and fellow podcaster Chris Fenwick of the Final Cut Grill podcast. When you play a a song bit in your video, there are going to be places in the video where you dip the volume of the music so as not to overpower the voiceover. I do it in this podcast all the time, as in right now. See? The music is low as I speak, but when I have those dramatic pauses, the music volume creeps up again. Now, the inclination is to use keyframes in your audio track of the song to dip the music. You might set a keyframe one to two seconds before the voiceover track, set the next keyframe right at the beginning of the voiceover track, set a third one right at the end of the voiceover track, then set a fourth keyframe one to two seconds after the VO ends. Then you drag down the level of the song between keyframes two and three. Now imagine doing that for every part of your video where the song needs to dip. That can be a real drag. Here's the cool trick I learned from Chris some 13 odd years ago that I still utilize religiously today. Make an edit cut right in the song track both at the beginning and end of the VO. Then just add a crossfade at the cuts. And voila, that's it. All you have to do now is adjust the volume level of the part of the song between the two cuts. No more fiddling with keyframe pin tools to get an exact placement. And most nonlinear editors will allow you to quickly lengthen or shorten the crossfade, adjust the ease in or ease out curve, or even slide the crossfade up or down, making it very easy to adjust how long the dip lasts and where it starts and stops. If you've ever fussed with moving and adjusting keyframes, you know immediately how valuable this trick is. 
If you have a cool audio editing trick, send us a voicemail about it at daredreamer.fm. Use the send voicemail button at the bottom of the page. In the meantime, before you can even make all these adjustments, you need a good song. Why not pick yourself up a free one by hopping on over to songfreedom.com radio and use the offer code radio to unlock your free standard gold level license worth $30. Gracias, Song Freedom, por su apoyo. I have no idea why I just broke into Spanish there. Adios. You can't be a cinematographer trying to film something that you actually don't know what you're talking about or experienced. That's the voice of Dan Duncan. He's the Atlanta-based filmmaker from Remedy Films, whom we heard from a bit in the Salieri Syndrome episode. The team at Remedy crafts beautifully moving documentaries, and in this conversation, he shared an outlook on his concept of telling authentic stories. In order for me to tell, like, bring these documentaries that we're making to life, like, and to, to like, insert that style, like, I actually have had to live um, the feelings I'm trying to put into those films. And, and once you, like, have experienced those emotions, you'll shoot something a certain way, and then you'll... And then you'll experience it and you'll know that it, it produced a genuine effect. Are you just saying that if like, if I, let's say I'm hired by, um, you know, a church or a nonprofit to create a PSA for getting homelessness, um, are you saying that if I haven't experienced homelessness, I can't tell that story or... Yes. You see what I'm getting at? You're, yes, yes, you are what I'm saying. saying. Yes, um, I'm saying that. Are you saying so? Now, are you saying that I can't tell it as well? Or are you saying I can't tell it at all? No, I'm saying that for you to genuinely tell it, like you actually have to know, like do your research and take time apart from a camera and go experience, like genuinely what that is. Because the second you put in a like a camera in in that situation, like uh, I mean, it 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 changes Answer. everything. So you have to experience what that me- what it is to be homeless. Like the my my capstone project for uh, being at UGA was I did a documentary about homelessness in Athens, um, and that documentary came about not because I would like it was given to me, but because there was a, a group of uh, there was a place called Tent City in Athens that I stumbled upon and fell in love with these people, and then like and then I left or, or then I then I made a film about these people in that place but i knew that the film was authentic and i knew my style was true to telling the story because i knew what it was like without a camera there and i and and it translated a hundred percent versus if someone just was like hey i want to tell a story about 10 city and they took a camera up there like you're there's just going to be the camera like why did you choose to have a, a stagnant camera movement or like why'd you put a camera on a tripod there when in reality, no one in Tent City ever stands still. So why would you give the viewer the perception that there's something is stable here? It's not. So like it's stuff like that that you learn as a, being a part of a, an environment that then you can translate into camera work and into your style uh, that stays, stays true to your story. It seems like something that's not every filmmaker can do. I mean, unless you're doing like a personal project or something like that where you want to, you know, get in and and kind of like... Because I hear what you're saying, and, and I, you know, I think to an extent, like I agree with you that in order for you to tell a particular person's story, I mean, it almost sounds like what you're describing is method directing, <laughs> if you will, right? Like getting into the head of the subject or 
Sure. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like to your point, practically, sure. You you can't do you can't maybe experience everything, but you can if if every project. Like I would say that Isaac does this better than anyone I've ever met. Like where he like puts his heart and soul into every project. Like his name is on it. Mm -hmm. Versus my my production company Remedy. Like there's stuff that we put out that I mean, just to be honest, like. Is heartless. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it because we were hired to do it. Sure. We didn't really know what we were getting into. We showed up. We we probably they were super stoked with it. They they saw it, it was like one like cinematically it looked beautiful. Um, so it, I mean everyone was happy at the end of the day. But at the but truly like did we give it the time that it deserved? And right. maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. I, like that's where you're getting into being a production company who is churning out pieces versus being an artist who is their their name is on something and like it's gonna it needs to be perfect before anyone sees it yeah, and it's yeah. and it's vulnerable and it's in it you're a part of you is a is in it to you how would you define the hero story like for people out there who wouldn't necessarily know what it means or what it is like, how do you define it for yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess if, if I was to answer that, it would it would really be... Um... That's the smooth, soothing voice of Alex Vo, a gifted filmmaker in Silicon Valley who shoots powerful personal stories and corporate work. We first heard from Alex in the very first episode of A Filmmaker's Journey of Fathers in Filmmaking. In that episode, he and I were discussing Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. A common storytelling structure you find in a lot of movies, most notably Star Wars Episode Four. But I wanted to learn from Alex how he finds heroes' journey stories in the real world. And I guess translating that to uh, short-form documentaries and, and real people, um, I, I do look for that same format because I, I feel like you know people that have lived, um, you know, under great circumstances and, and gone through great things, you know, they they are personal heroes and. And, and uh, their stories just, uh, you know, for me, I, I just feel like it needs to be told, that it needs to be heard. Going back to, like, my whole question of, like, is the term story overused? Um, like, when you're... I guess my question is, how do you, like, define that story? Like, like, what, like really, like, practically, like, there's, there's always a cynic, cynical side of me who always looks for the practical like (laughs) i'm a sucker for the inspirational quote more than anyone i do a lot of them myself like on instagram that kind of thing but every every now and then there's that cynical side of me that says okay but practically like what like you know what does that really mean so when you think about story and telling a story like what does that mean like practically if you're the kind of like you're shooting a corporate video for you know acme widgets like how do you what does it mean to tell their story if a company does approach me with a certain product or something that they're looking to sell and I'm kind of promoting that, um, I will I will tend to look for a more personal way of telling that. Well, usually these videos are, are projects that I, I don't normally have on my site because I'm, I'm really kind of focused in the short form documentaries. But um, as far as a corporate level, I, I do look for um, the personal story behind the corporation and behind the product, you know, like... 
if there is a product, I tend to search for you know how this product came about and and where where was the need you know like uh, where did the need come from in order to 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 create this product. So in in a lot of ways, the hero's journey kind of reflects into that too. You know there there was a huge need that they that they wanted to solve. I guess the whole responsibility of filmmaking, of storytelling, really rings true to me. Where where I just feel like um, I, I I'm almost like a voice that translates their story to it to you know to an audience that needs to hear it. Much like the Force in the aforementioned Star Wars saga, stories are all around us. They surround us. They bind us. They represent the very fabric of culture. No matter what project comes across your desk, if you're mindful present and plugged into the world around you, you will find stories worth telling. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to soften the hearts of even the most stubborn cynics. And as they reach for each other... What? What? No, it's kissing again. You don't want to hear that. Mm, I don't mind so much. Okay. Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. The end. Grandpa, maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. Be sure to stay after the credits for a special announcement and offer from Still Motion. You won't want to miss it. Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale of a boy and girl and their love story. Radio Film School is a production of Daydreamer FM. This episode was written and produced by me with production help from show co-producer Chris Huslidge. Music was curated from freemusicarchive.org and Song Freedom. Check the show notes for links to artists and tracks. Song Freedom has been a supporter of this show ever since our first month, and we're super thankful for their support. You can really help the show out by visiting songfreedom.com slash radio and using the offer code radio to unlock a standard Go level license worth $30. If you need music for your production from any genre, including mainstream hits and oldies but goodies, look no further than Song Freedom. If you like this episode and everything else we're doing on the show, please take a few minutes to leave us a rating and review in iTunes. It's a huge, huge help to the show when you do that. And share the show with your friends and colleagues, please. You can follow me on Twitter at FM, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. Join the discussion online at facebook.com slash radiofilmschool. Remember, we have a special offer coming up, so don't touch that dial. But until next week, you know the deal. If the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. My love is like a storybook story. It's as real as the feelings I feel As filmmakers, we strive to produce work that engages our audience. 
Too often though, we let the gear, subject matter, client, or various other factors get in the way of the one thing that has proven to leave a lasting impact on people since the beginning of mankind, story. But remarkable stories don't happen by chance. They are developed using a clear, repeatable process. And because story is so important to me, I'm thrilled to announce that Muse Storytelling is the newest sponsor of Radio Film School. Developed and used by the five-time Emmy Award-winning Still Motion team, Muse is a process that will empower you to become a remarkable storyteller, to take your work to the next level and allow you to engage your audience time and time again. Here's Patrick of Still Motion and Muse Storytelling to tell you more about their process. How does one go out and make it financially viable to tell the stories they love when we realize that that just means we need a certain number of viewership, yet we don't want to get sponsorship? And a Netflix and a Hulu is just, it's, it's not a realistic way to try and build a business model that we're going to get that many views on a channel like that, that it's going to, you know, create uh, the profitability we need to sustain it. So, right, right. you know, our, our whole goal with this and with Muse and everything we're doing is trying to create a new ecosystem and model that would allow the the education and the learning from the content to actually fund and create a sustainable loop. So the viewership then um, grows, but instead of selling sponsorships, we're letting people come and join us on the episodes and we're deconstructing them and we're showing the thought process, which is Muse and all of that. And as, as that grows, um, I, I entirely think it's possible. And what I love about that is rather than trying to sell a product that you may or may not need, you know, in, inside of an episode and everything else, we can instead empower people with ideas that will help develop their thinking, which not only helps them, but then has a multiplier in that, you know, the stories they tell can be more intentional and more moving. So it's, it's a really different way of, uh, of looking at it. And it's, um, it's definitely a challenge to set up something that, you know, the educational side, which is fewer people at a you know, higher price point and the value you need to offer to make that, uh, you know, a good experience for everybody involved. Um, but but that is what we're trying to do. So we have we've gotten rid of our Evo experience workshop and we're now calling it um, the, the Muse Masterclass. And you actually join us in Vietnam or Thailand or we've got a really amazing neuroscientist in Switzerland we talked to last night. Um, and we'll bring three to five filmmakers and they actually get to be a part of the process. They will brainstorm with us before we go. They will help us build the edit after. Um, and you're like on the team. And that that helps cover production costs. Um, and then we break it down inside our online course and we use all of these as references and all kinds of stuff. And so that, that additional content after um, then helps build the, the show and the base. I would say that we have incredible clarity on exactly where we're going. And we know that like the idea of giving people a, a blueprint for story and really just the science of human connection, which is the whole muse process. It is, it's just been unbelievable how it has empowered people. Last week we went to Apple. We taught, taught the lead creative directors, Muse, and they loved it, you know? So like, we're, we're really making some powerful connections and we know that this idea and structure um, has much more to offer than all of the other things that we've done on the, the still motion side and the other little, the wedding DVDs and different things, which mm-hmm. not that they don't have value, but they don't have the same structure and evergreen nature that they can really change your entire trajectory. 
Now, as promised, Me Storytelling has put together an exclusive offer just for the listeners of Radio Film School. Use promo code RADIO to receive $47 off lifetime access to Muse. Plus, the first 88 people to join will receive a totally free download of The Story of Story, an ebook that uncovers exactly what it is that makes storytelling just so powerful. Just head on over to LearnStory.org to claim this offer. 